In American schools, children become exposed to Darwin's theory of evolution by junior high. And two junior high boys were sitting in their science class beginning to hear about Darwin's theory of evolution. And one boy looked at the other boy and says, don't you go to confirmation and don't you believe that God made the world? He said, yes. Well, I believe in God, but I believe that God used evolution to make us. So I believe that like, we're descended from monkeys and apes and primates. What do you think about that? And so the confirmant went back to his pastor and said, this young man in class, he believes that God made everything, but he used monkeys and apes and primates, and we evolved from them. And the pastor said, well, tell him that God made everything in six days. On the sixth day, he created man. And so a young boy went back and told his friend, the scientist, what happened. And his friend goes, well, I heard that God made everything in six days, but it could be long period of times. And I still believe that I'm descended from primates and apes, and God used evolution to make us. So what do you think of that? The young man went back to his pastor, and the pastor responded, tell your friend that God made everything in six days, and that God made us in his own image. Tell him that. And so the young man went back to his friend the next day in science class Monday, and said, my pastor told me that God made everything in six days. In addition to that, that we are made in God's own image. And the young boy looked, the other boy looked back at him and said, well, I still believe that we evolved from primates and apes and monkeys. I still believe that. So the young man went back to his pastor and said, I told him all that, what you said. Six days, God made everything made in God's image. And he still believes that he came from monkeys and apes and primates. And the pastor looked at the young man and said, well, maybe he knows his family tree better than you do. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about science, and we're going to talk about what does it mean to be human. There's an ongoing movement, and there's a phraseology in American society, and it sort of captures what we think of ourselves, and we hear people saying that I'm only human, that we are part of the human race, and um, I support the humankind. I was in the store the other day, and I saw a t-shirt that said, Raise Kind Humans. Um, when I drive into Defiance, there's, a, there's, a, bull, there's a, a billboard that says, We are all humankind. Sometimes people say, I'm only human. And then other people say that we're all human beings, and there seems to be this thing in our society, let's just be kind and decent human beings, and I support humankind. Coca-Cola had a series of ads last year that talked about human kindness and being a kind human. Now, one of their commercials is rather touching. It's about a floor on an apartment in which a lot of people live, and they, they all live together. They don't talk to each other. And finally, one of the tenants brought out their kitchen table and brought, excuse me, brought out a big pot of, pot of food to serve and sat there, and the neighbors came back and were invited to dinner. They all brought something. Next thing you know, there are like 10, 15 people sitting together they never talked to before, getting to know each other still and going back to their apartment. Then it said, be kind to each other because we're all what? Humans. Humankind. That, that's our new phraseology in terms. So what does it mean to be human? Now, you don't have to answer that. What, what does that mean to be human? Now, well, we know that the one boy in who talked to his confirmation student friend, says, I'm a descendant of a monkey. They've got me in God's image. But what does it mean to be human? Well, look, let's take a look at what sometimes uh, what others say about it. And, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because it's had a large influence in our society the last 50, 100, 150 years. Just simply look at the pews. 
uh, these theories have seeped into our everyday thought and how people think about life. So Dr. Carl Sagan is a popular author and speaker. He's a scientist, a brilliant scientist from Stanford University. And when somebody asked him, what does it mean to be human, this is what he says. You are worth about $3 worth of what? That's what a human is. We just, we're just chemicals. He says this, we are all what? Stardust. You know the Big Bang? And the Big Bang went out and it came the Earth and we just all came from Earth and so we're nothing more than stardust. Because we all came from the stars, we all came from the Big Bang. That's out there. He's even more specific here. Who are we? What does it mean to be human? We find that we live on an insignificant planet of a humdrum star lost in a galaxy, tucked away in some forgotten corner of a universe in which there are far more galaxies than people. In other words, we're all insignificant. We're just cosmic dust, about $3 worth in chemicals, and we live in some corner of some insignificant universe, and life really has no meaning. Get over yourselves. And he says this, we are just a dot and speck in a vast universe. That's all we are. We're just an accidental species that lives, sort of like the young boy who believed that we descended from primates and monkeys and things like that. BBC, the British Broadcasting Company, said this, to be human is be at the center of your own universe, to experience life in all its colors and potentials. This has seeped into American view, too. A lot of people are the center of the universe, at least they think they are. The whole world revolves around me and what I want, and I do things my way. If you don't like it, that's too bad. I'm sort of the center of my universe, and people are here to do things for me. That's what it means to be a human, because, we're, by the way, we're just a little speck and dot in this rather insignificant planet in the corner of the universe that's ever-expanding, nobody knows. Wikipedia says this, humans are a species of primates that have a complex brain. The only difference between us and the primates is that we wear pants and we have a complex brain. Now, my son's a zoologist, and so when he was a child, we went to a lot of zoos. And we went to one zoo, and we went to the primate house. Ever been there? I think Toledo has one. You get to see the orangutans and the monkeys and the gorillas and the chimpanzees and loomers. Sort of exciting. Well, at this, at this zoo, um, we walked through all the primates, and we saw the gorillas and the apes, and we also saw charts about how we descended from monkeys. And then we were taken into this dark room, and the dark room said, turn on this light. And you turned on the light switch, and there was a large mirror. You looked into the mirror, and above it was a sign that says, you are the highest form of all primates. I felt really good about that. You're a higher primate than orangutans and the chimpanzees and the gorillas. They're out and about beating each other with clubs, okay? That's what Wikipedia says. We're primates that have complex brains. Dr. Livingstone Smith of Psychology Today says, human is my own natural kind. Find the people you agree with. Find the people I like to do things with. If you're into board games, play with them. If you're into, I don't know, um, whatever you're into doing. You're into axe throwing, find your axe throwing friends. Do whatever you want. You're into your own human kind. And friends in Christ, this view has these views of us just being a specs universe, being semi universe, or whatever, has been um, having an influence on our world, who we are. But yet, God says something different. Can you read to me, read with me from Genesis 2 7? You all read that? The. Yeah, I put that in deliberately to trip you up a little bit. But God breathed into Adam and he became a living being or a soul. We don't use souls anymore. 
For example, a manifesto on ships and planes would say, how many souls are on the ship? How many souls on board? Today, we never say how many complex primates are on the board, right? We don't say that. How many complex primates do we have here? Used to say souls. How many souls are being saved? There's a change in terminology that influences who we are and how we act and how we behave. If I'm just a speck in the universe in the center of my own universe, I behave very differently. A Lutheran pastor once said, if we're all barnyard animals, we should expect to behave like what? Barnyard animals, how we treat each other. But yet God said he breathed into them and we became a living what? Being in soul. Can you read this with me? So we're made in the image of God. What does that mean to be made in the image of God? I ask that in classes. I ask that in my marital counseling. What does it mean to be the image of God? Some look at me. Mean we look like God? Well, God the Father is a spirit. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? I like what somebody shared with me after the last worship service here. Said, Pastor, when you say made in the image of God, I can love like God. Yeah, correct. The main image of God is that God made us with a mind. We can reason. We can think. We have emotions. We can feel. We can love. We have a spirit. We have a desire to be in communion with God. We have morality. We know right from wrong. We want to live with each other. We want to be kind to each other because we are human beings in the sense that we're human souls. We're made in God's image. You see, there's two ways of looking at it. To the world, being human is to admit to being a highly evolved primate in a purposeless world. Turn on the light and read the sign. You're nothing more than a complex primate in a purposeless world. So when the media tells me, when I watch the Big Ten channel and universities tell me that we're all humans, is that what they mean? Because that's not what I believe. That's not we, what we confess. We confess this. To be human is the gift of being a living soul made with an image and a what? A divine purpose. We are human beings. We are souls. Made on the sixth day, especially by our creator in his image. You see, whatever we do or believe about God, we actually do to us and influences who we are. Because if we do away with God, we do away with who we are. Because if we believe that God is this majestic, awesome, omnipotent, omnipresent God, then we are the crown of his creation and we have a special place in the universe. If we believe that we're just a speck of stardust in a purposeless world, nothing more than highly evolved primates in an accidental system of natural evolution, then we're really nothing. C.S. Lewis says this, a creature revolting against the creator is revolting against the source's own powers. If there is no God, then we're nothing more than primates who wear pants. And think highly of ourselves, even though we live in a purposeless world. A creator is revolting against the source of his own powers, including even his power to revolt. It's like the scent of a flower trying to destroy the flower who we are. So when people say we're humankind, you mean highly evolved primates? Or children of God in his vast creation made in his image? Pop musicians pick this up as well. Don't sing it, but I'm sure you heard it. Dust in the wind, all we are is what? Dust in the wind, and all our money can't another minute buy. We're just specks in the universe, like Dr. Carl Sagan said, or even an older group, but I do like this song. 
You know Simon and Garfunkel? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk to you again. In a purposeless universe, as primates, there is no meaning, and darkness is my only friend because everything is absurd. When we die, everything goes away. Listen to the sound of what? Silence. Just accidental primates who wear pants and root for sports teams and have make-believe holidays and make-believe friends in heaven. The only true human. Now Paul turns our head. St. Paul turns our head. He writes this. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body of the church and the firstborn from the dead, so that everything he might have a supremacy and through him to reconcile to him all things. God made all things through him, and for him everything holds together, dominions and powers, and he is behind all things and for all things, and he pushes all things together, and he reconciles all things to him. Who says this? Say it. Jesus says this. Who? Jesus to be human, it means that I'm made in his image. Think, reason, feel, believe, have faith, love, argue, defend, have a mind, a spiritual relationship. Even more significantly, to be human is I'm redeemed by Christ. Can you read that with me? We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. Not only are we made by him, but we're also bought by him. Twice he claims us as his own, one in creation, one in his son's redemption for us. So to be human means I'm also in a relationship with God. We baptize during communion with God. We know God. God knows us. We have a relationship with him in which we ask for forgiveness and we receive it. We're touched by his own body and blood here in just a few moments. Who are we as human made by God and God's in touch with us and we have a living relationship with him? Isn't that what's going to happen on the last day? Some will come to the Lord and say, Jesus, let me in. And Jesus will say, I do not what? Know you. I don't know who you are, but we know God and God knows us through his son because we believe in him. He's brought us in the kingdom of his son. So what does it mean to be human? I think you got it. We're made in God's image. I'll read this to you from Acts. God who made the world and everything in it since he is Lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and he has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. May in the image of God, God has a plan for us and he has destined the days to live on earth. Now I want to focus on that, these, the, 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 fat, the last few sentences. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. There is no room for racism because we're all descendants of who? Adam and Eve. He has made from us one blood from every nation. We're all made in God's image, redeemed by Christ, one blood, descendants of Adam and Eve. You ever been to the ark? Not go to the ark. The ark's a wonderful place. Not only is it just a wonderful place because it tells about Noah, but the thing I love about the ark is it's now an international museum. It's an international place. And Christians from all races are there, and they understand who they are in light of the ark. Who are they? Human beings from every nation that God saved who Christ died for. And even in the ark, there's that one door that has a cross on it, the one door to paradise, that is Jesus Christ. There is no racism on the ark because we're all descendants from known as family in Adam and Eve. We're all part of those made in God's image, redeemed by Christ. That ends racism. That's from Acts 17. If you want to write that down, remember it? Acts 17. 
And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. So we are human beings, and we are to be kind human beings, and we're called to raise kind human beings who are children of God made his image. May we be and lead the true humankind in our church, our school, our daily lives. Now, this has been a really good past week for us at St. John. It shows your generosity. So I was supposed to announce the angel tree. We have an angel tree there down by the church office complex, you know, when you come in. But all the names were taken off like in a day or two. So some more were put on, and they were taken off. I think there's some more there. So we're very generous. And the drive-through dinner, you know that on election night? All the tickets were sold out Tuesday morning Bible study. They made $3,700 of profit to go with shop with a cop. Why? Because we're humankind. And then past last Wednesday, we had our blast event for veterans. And 82 people came and heard Mr. Williams speak about veterans. And they brought, I want to make sure I get this right, 37 packages, a hats, gloves, scarves, mittens, and socks. They had 38 gift cards, and somebody donated $30, all for our veterans. That's all during this what? Past week. Be humankind, and much more. Thank you for your generosity, because you are humankind. People made in God's image, redeemed by Christ. Catch that, him who made peace through his blood shed on the cross. So how about this for a closing thought? Many of you heard it before. Many of you probably memorized it. Let me recall it. Can you read it with me? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. It's most certainly true. And made in God's image, redeemed by Christ, all God's people say,